What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. This is a show about generational wealth, about finance, about wealth in general. In today's show, we have Andre Lasseter, this brother. I know you've seen that you break iFixes in your neighborhood. Don't act like you haven't broke your iPhones, needed the screen fixed. Don't act like you haven't had that. Well, this brother here, he owns one of those. Matter of fact, this brother here has one being built right now. It's gonna be open in six months. So welcome Andre Lasseter to the Black Men Sundays. Thank you, Corey, for having me, man. I definitely appreciate it. Appreciate it. Doing pretty well this Sunday. So let's dive right in, man. I mean, you know, you're an NC State grad. You break our fix owner. I mean, let's let's take it from the top. How did you get involved with that? What made you even want to deal with you break our fix? What made you want to invest in that? What made you want to be an owner with that company? So the story goes, you know, I have a an IT background, right? And my wife has a sales background. Um, we were looking for something to do at the time. This is like 2016, 17. And she comes in, she, one of her, uh, she was working at Time Warner Cable at the time in, in uh, business class sales. So she comes in and one of her clients is, owns a You Break Out Fix, the one in Raleigh. So she talked to him and he was like, you know, um, that's a good opportunity, blah, blah, blah. You know, you guys should really check it out. So she said, hey, I'll bring it home to my husband. You know, we chopped it up, right? And everything was good. So. Uh, not too long afterwards, we flew to Florida for Discovery Day. Um, if you've ever, you know, been involved in a franchise, you go to the Discovery Day and get all the financials and uh, get the get the sales pitch, if you will. Um, so we took that in. Didn't waste too much time after that because it was just a, a beautiful marriage, right? So, um, you know, with with tech as well as sales, um, because it is it is retail at the end of the day. So um, took that, ran with it, and the next thing you know. In December of uh, 2017, we were opening up Shopping Way Forks. Wow, just like that, huh? So also, I see uh, you're a partner in a transport company. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So American Excellence Transport um, is a transport company between my partner and I. Um, we are out of out of the, the Eastern North Carolina area, Wilson, to be specific. And um, right now, we have a 26-foot a box. That's non-CDL. Um, so anybody technically can hop in that bad boy and drive it, which is an advantage, right? You know, I, I started out in the transport game probably, well, actually about 2011. Um, I copped a, a dually back then um, in a 48-foot step deck trailer. I uh, got my feet wet in it at that time. Uh, liked it, but the chips didn't fall right at that time. Uh, but, you know, re, re, rehashed that and uh, coming back strong again with American Excellence and um, out here rolling. What made you want to invest in you break instead of other investments that you may have considered? With you break, I fix um, for us. Like I said, it was just a perfect situation, right? So we went in a little bit uh, bright eyed and bushy tail and green to the situation. Um, not to business in general, but for for retail. Um, neither one of us had been involved in retail as far as owning the business, um, but um, it was it was a thing where the numbers made sense. Um, they had some strategic partnerships that were coming about at the time. Now I can talk about them there, um, you know, with Google certified, right? So we have a partnership with Google directly, with Samsung directly. Um, you Break I Fix was actually uh, in later years purchased by Assurian. So we do all the backend uh, phone repairs for AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, uh, you name it, Boost, all those guys. 
at the time that wasn't the case, but you know, we just, at that time, we just looked at the numbers, they made sense. And it was like, Hey, this is a way to get out of working nine to five, get off that hamster wheel and, and, and hopefully establish some generational wealth. So we signed up for the two stores, uh, the Wake Forest location, which we currently have open and the Durham location, uh, which we are we're building out right now and, and getting that set to be opened up. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what made sense for us at that time. And go from there. And let's open it up, fellas. Any questions so far? Quick question, man. What are yes, some sir. major risk considerations that you take into account when deciding to move forward and expanding your business with another franchise partner? And how you know that it was the right time to expand? Major risk considerations when expanding? Correct. The biggest consideration and risk is going to be employees. They're the biggest variable because in this business, it takes, I'd say, 90 days minimum to have someone usable. 90 days is a long time. Like they're not, they're not dropping fries and, you know, bringing in somebody at the cash register, you got to have a skill set. Um, not to mention, uh, you got to be able to do a few things. You got to be able to repair well. You have to be able to sell, which is it's very hard to find people that want to sell <laughs> and, and can sell. Uh, we have insurance products, right? So Home Plus, uh, that's the major one. It essentially covers all your, your electronic household items through an insurance policy. It's $25 a month. And behind that, you, you have to be able to sell it to the customers that come through the door, right? So for 25 bucks, um, I give you free antivirus. I give you free PC cleanings. I give you free data transfers. I give you, you know, if your iPad breaks, you file your deductible, you pay your deductible, you come here, you get it fixed. It's going to save you a ton of money in the long run. Uh, your TVs, they're covered, you know, um, all kinds of other stuff. But finding somebody that can, can get that point across is really tough. In addition to that, yeah, it, it's just... <laughs> finding personalities that match as well. So I guess that goes back to circling around to, to employees is your biggest variable. Um, financing is probably the, the thing that, that most people are like, how, how the heck do you get finance? How do you get the money to do this kind of stuff, right? And I'd say we were very fortunate, very blessed because of COVID. Well, I shouldn't say because of COVID, but because of the situations around COVID, you know, the government was giving out money. You know, I know everybody knows about the PPP and all the craziness that went on with that. You know, we did receive a little bit of PPP money, um, nothing too crazy. Of course, that goes right back to your staff. Um, but there's also something out there called the EIDL, Economic Injury Disaster Loan. You know, time's up for it now. But if you owned a business in 2019, uh, if you filed before uh, December the 31st of last year, you were eligible for that or for an increase of that. And, you know, loans from that are, are like 30K all the way up to two, three million dollars that you can get. Um, the interest rate's awesome. It's, it's government money, right? So you got 30 years backed by the government, three and a half percent interest rate. Uh, so long story short, we were fortunate. Um, we did receive that. So we didn't have to go pursue a loan for the second location. So that that funding is what, what held us down um, pretty much for that. Outside of that, uh, that and being already having an SBA loan, right? So for the first store, I mean, I ain't gonna front. That was hell trying to <laughs> trying to figure out those what is right. You know, you, you you don't know where to start. You don't know where to go. Um, you just just figuring those things out. But fortunately, the Lord put put people uh, in our path, and you know, the SBA loan was there. Uh, your credit has to be right. You, know, you got to have a little cash flow, a little something in the bank. But outside of that, the rest was just blessings. You know. I was out beating the streets, trying to find a, a proper location for both of, both of these stores, right? Every day at lunch, just going out and, and rolling, you know, 
stuff wasn't on the MLS, stuff wasn't on LoopNet. You know, everybody doesn't post real estate online. So you got to get out and find your spots um, and be tenacious, right? You got to call um, day, every day, day in and day out. Because they got a bunch of people. So what's going to make you stand out? Oh, they really want this spot. Okay. And then all your factors have to line up. So you got to be prepared as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm talking in circles. I hope I answered part of your question at least. <laughs> yeah, you definitely answered the question. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Uh, Corey, if you don't mind, I got one more quick question. Can I slide that in real quick? Man? So I know you went to NC State. Uh, you got a degree in computer information technology. Is that correct? So I started out that way. <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit too, too much uh, fun. Uh, led me to the world of uh, <laughs> textile and apparel management. So um, that's what I ended up finishing in. But immediately after I um, wrapped up my degree, um, I went into the IT field in, in okay. 2000. Because I know a lot of young cats, they, uh, they're saying stuff like, well, I can make more money without going to college. I can just do this. I don't need a degree. Like, can you talk about a little bit how your educational background prepared you to be an entrepreneur and make a connection between that? Fair enough, fair enough. So uh, educational-wise, I, I did start out in the, uh, the computer science field, computer engineering field, right? So um, I definitely think that helped out because it, it gave me a taste of what the industry really was. Um, initially, when I started there, it was, hey, you're smart. You should do computer science. I didn't know what computer science was in high school. <laughs> you know, I had no idea. Um, so I got to NC State and I'm like, mm, I, hey, bro, this ain't, this ain't what I thought it was going to be. Um, so started to find out other avenues and, and talk with people. And, you know, it was it was kids out here that their their dads and their moms were, you know, computer engineers and computer scientists. So they, they know all about the business. So I'm, I'm networking, but not realizing what I'm doing. I'm just making friends and, and talking to people. So, you know, they gave me the game and put me to what, you know, exactly what the field is. And I got to experience all that. So that's what I credit college for, like actually, like the networking opportunities that you get in college, even if you don't know um, exactly what you want to do, which, which hopefully you do, you know, don't, don't go in there and waste money. You know what I'm saying? Don't go in there and throw out bread because that's what a lot of us tend to do. Um, but make the most of it, you know, while you're learning, while you're getting the book side, get the networking opportunities, because you're going to come across people of all walks of life, um, and you, you never know who you're going to meet, who you'll, you know, network with further down in life, because I've had one of those relationships in college to pay off for me later down the line, you know, it's just, we're, we're working together right now, um, I do some 1099 contracting, um, on the side to, you know, be uh, basically an IT department with someone, and it's someone that I met in college that allowed me to have that opportunity. Okay, I appreciate that, man, because uh, I went to ODU, man. I got some cats I met over, they were Japan foreign exchange students, so we're actually That's working right. on some things right now in Japan, but that networking, that relationship building opportunity, just exposure to different mindsets in college was beneficial, yes. so thanks again. For sure, for sure. So, you know, you're a business owner. There's a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are aspiring business owners. They don't know there's programs they can uh, get involved with to get funding for it. Because most times in our communities, people have phenomenal ideas, but they don't have the financial backing to put that in gear. So what advice would you have for folks out there? Ah, uh, boy. So for my financial advice would be to just save money. I guess it's a few parts answer, right? So my financial advice is definitely start out by just saving money because you don't know, 
you know, what you're going to run into. So if you've got the bread set aside, then <laughs> you can always use it, right? Um, once you come, run across that right opportunity. Um, in addition to saving money, have your credit right. If your credit is not right, ain't nobody going to mess with you like that. You know, it's going to be hard to get started in, this, in, in any game unless you just have other resources and other, you know, people willing to back you. Um, but you want to, you, you know, you want to get into it on your own. Um, you want to make the most of it. So get that bread and get that credit. You know, and after you saved a, a little bit of a, a nest egg for yourself um, or whatever the case may be, um, I also advise just investing, but don't go blindly at it. Don't go throwing, you know, uh, all your money in Robinhood and chasing like GameStop, <laughs> bend it all on black. You know, I, I've, I'm not perfect. I've uh, had some ups and downs in the stock market, um, but I would definitely say get yourself a, a good mentor, a good coach um, in that game and, and learn that as well and go from there. And I, I was listening to, to one of your other podcasts, Corey, um, about the couple that does uh, real estate. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. So that's, that's another one, right? Like if you're going to live somewhere, why not own when you live, you know, and we've got a couple of properties and um, looking to do a little bit something something with uh, a few more uh, in the future as well. But I, I really liked, you know, the way that they go about it. So that, that's another one. I know rent's ridiculous, but, you know, in mortgages, that game's ridiculous right now, especially in the Raleigh-Durham area. It's, it's, it's taking off like a rocket. But if you get you a piece of property, you know, with some land, they ain't making no more. You do any stocks? I mean, I heard you basically just say you uh... – invest in real estate so it's kind of a two-part question the first part is on the business side um because i know a few business owners that rent the building but they you know and then i know some business owners that own the building so i was going to say in your situation so you basically own the you break building as well no no um we actually rent um, we rent these buildings uh i would love to own <laughs> one of these buildings but Currently, we rent uh, both, so we're going to be opening um, basically in, right in the middle of Duke's campus on 9th Street in, uh, in Durham. So that's, boy, <laughs> if I own that, I'd, boy, I'd be happy, man. And we're right off of uh, US-1, uh, Capitol Boulevard and Wake Forest. That's a, a main strip as well. But I do want to own some commercial real estate, my wife and I. Uh, that's something that we, you know, before we kick the bucket. We want to, we want to establish that legacy for the family too, not just residential, you know, so that we can collect those rents and um, just diversify because it's, it's all about that. But I do have, um, you know, I've got a little play money in Robinhood and also have, uh, you know, a, some real brokerage accounts as well. Right. So you know, the 401ks and all that good jazz converted over, you know, to rods or uh, a big one that I'm sure most people are starting to find out about now or know about uh, self-directed IRAs. So let's say you left your job and you've got, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, whatever you got, $1,000 in a, in a uh, 401k. Don't let it sit, um, especially if you're self-employed, you have an LLC, put it into a, a self-directed IRA and you can use that money to buy property. You can use that money to invest in the stock market. You can do whatever you want. You structure the terms of it, right? So you just have to have, there are several places. You just look up self-directed IRA. You can get started. At what point did you decide, okay, it's time to open another business? Because I see businesses branch off a little early, then they have to close a location. So, mm. Yeah. So for us, um, we're contractually obligated to open within a certain amount of time. 
So that's why <laughs> we decided to open the second location. Um, no, we, we signed on for two, um, and the contract says you have to open it within X amount of time, right? Um, but within that amount of time, COVID happened. So that shut the world down. So we got some grace from that, um, which was needed. Um, and then Durham, you know, is one of the hottest places in the, in the, in the nation. So um, it's hard to find real estate. Like everything gets snatched up, like, you know, immediately. But uh, with that being said, we uh, financially, it was one of those things where, okay, this, this location is sustaining itself. Um, I'll, I'll give some real numbers. So currently we're doing revenue wise, uh, anywhere between 45 and 60,000 a month um, for revenue, which is, you know, it, it's cool. Everybody hears those top line numbers, right? That's what you see on YouTube. Make, make XYZ amount, do blah, blah, blah. It, it ain't profit. At the end of the day, what you bring it home. So um, profit ain't that sexy. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't 45, 50 a month, 60 a month, or whatever the case may be. But um, at the same time, it, it's, it's doable, right? So we're making, we're able to make payroll, we're able to pay our bills, we're able to pay the expenses, um, we're able to put a little bit to the side. Um, I'd say if you can put, um, what's a magic formula? I, I don't know of a magic formula. It really depends on your industry. Um, but if you're, if you're able to sustain and you're not seeing dips, like hardcore dips year over year, and you know your patterns and you know your industry, let's say January and February are tough months, right? But year over year, you may have lost 5% or 10%, but you, you still got a little stash in the bank um, to, to make it through those months. That's when you can likely go out and, and start to look and start to think about expanding, I would say. Um, I wouldn't do that before it, it completely makes sense. Um, and, and completely making sense includes like, hey, can I afford to, to build out this new location if you go on retail or, or have to have a storefront? Can I afford to pay these contractors? Do I have, you know, three to six months in the bank after, you know, getting this, this loan to make payroll, pay all the expenses um, and the like? I like to have a year in the bank. If I ain't got a year in the bank, I ain't feeling comfortable because you never know what's going to happen. Like, you know, we got hit with COVID. That took the world out for a year. So if you ain't, you ain't prepared, you jump out there. <laughs> good luck you know um but that's just me for some industries you can you can be all right you know because they generate massive amounts of cash but yeah for for what we do um definitely having six months to a year in the bank is, is key gotcha now for now the six months to a year in the bank is key now for the aspiring business owners who want to get set up what type of money should they what type of liquid money should they have available and speak in numerics Aspiring business owners. So let's say, let's say you're going to start a business that it, it takes 20,000. Well, I'm sorry, not even 20,000. Let's say, let's say $5,000 to start it, right? If your business is going to start with $5,000, I really feel that you should have 20% of that. So $1,000 if, if you're going to start that business. And then you need to be able to, to, to find funding uh, for the other five. Um, that's just me. I'm I'll jump out the window in a minute, but I like to be prepared when I jump out the window, if you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's, that's my philosophy on it. Like find the funding if you're really serious about doing what you're going to do, because it, it takes money to make money. Um, you can jump out there on a hope and a prayer, but um, coming from, you know, my past experiences, I have a business coach, my wife and I, you know, and, and she preaches 
you know, make, make things make sense financially before you go out there on, on your feelings and, and a hope and a prayer. So you have to sit down and do your numbers and know your numbers and know your industry. Um, but I would say, you know, if you have 20% cash and then you're able to find the funding for the rest, I think that's, that's a decent formula. Okay, cool. And as you said, you know, you have a wife, you have two daughters and, you know, uh, you said she's also a serial entrepreneur. So just, you know, because, you know, Black Men's Sundays is about wealth, about finance, but it's about uplifting our community. It's about escaping, um, you know, escaping the uh, generational poverty that's existed in so many decades. And you have a, you know, a, a queen by your side. So just talk a little bit about her, talk about her, her involvement in the uh, serial entrepreneurship. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So my wife comes from a background of uh, entrepreneurs. Her grandfather was uh, an entrepreneur. Um, her dad was an entrepreneur. He owned a food truck. Her grandfather owned several businesses. He was, he was doing the thing in Fayetteville. Um, her dad was doing the thing in Greensboro. Um, so she's no stranger to the life, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate and blessed with that. Uh, you know, a while back, one of my cousins was like, you know, did Andre ask you what your credit score was on the first date and what your plans were for the future? Because <laughs> apparently that's, that's the type of dude I was. But, um, you know, she, she, when we initially met, you know, she didn't have, uh, you know, that she, she had to drive. Um, and I could see that she had to hustle, but she didn't have the tangible things, right? So she wasn't making a million dollars a year or, or you know what I'm saying, like a, a bunch of money. She was just starting out. Um, she was she was 24, 25 years old, uh, just getting getting her feet wet in the game, um, you know, working that time on a cable part time, driving a beat up hoopty, you know, but it was something about her. It was special. So, you know, and I could see that. And, you know, I guess she saw something in me as well. And over the years, you know, we both came up together, uh, built together. Um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think that's what some people get it twisted. And, and they think that, you know, relationship. Uh, you know, money and everything's just supposed to come like that, right? Um, but we, we, we've been fortunate, man. We built together. Uh, we're still building and still out there. Um, my favorite line is, is a Jadakiss line, a well-oiled machine don't grind. So we try to get out of that grind state and become a well-oiled machine. But like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, she, she was the person that, that actually bought You Break I Fix Up, like I said, and she's like hardcore. She's, she's definitely a visionary. Um, we read this book, uh, Rocket Fuel, and it's like, who's the visionary and who's the integrator? Um, a visionary is the person that, you know, comes up with the ideas, and they, they're going off left and right here, there. Um, the integrator is the person that sits down and makes it happen. Um, and you break our fix. She's the visionary. I'm the integrator. In other avenues, pretty much everything else, I'm the visionary and she's the integrator. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's something when you find that right match and, and that compatible person, um, because she was, let's see, she's probably a month pregnant when we signed on with You Break I Fix. Um, worked all the way up until the, the literal day that our first daughter was born. I had to basically tell her she's not going into work that day. <laughs> so she go home. And much the same with our second daughter, I think she stopped maybe a week before she was born, right? Which is just absolutely crazy. Um, before you all accuse me of being a deadbeat, uh, I was putting in slave work at, uh, <laughs> At uh, SecureWorks, I was working, I was a program manager in IT security for, for PCI, uh, for SecureWorks, working 80 hours a week. So it was, it was ridiculous on that end. And she was holding it down during the week here. 
Um, and I'd come in in the evenings uh, when I could, and then just on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then run things there. But um, yeah, I credit all of us being here uh, to, to her efforts, right? Yeah, you can't do it alone. <laughs> and once you find a good one, brought with And how are you um, utilizing, you know, your degree, your IT background with the You Break I Fix business? IT, uh, that background definitely comes into play. Um, so we're we're doing lots of you know break fix with computers, right? So antivirus installs or deducing what's what's going on with uh, you know TVs or, or phones and and the like. Uh, in addition to that, we're looking to build out a business to business sector, um, which will be uh, doing more of the the 1099 contracting. So let's say you're a small business with five computers in your office, and you have excuse me network trouble. Hey, my internet went down. Or, you know, I got a new computer. I don't know what I need for this thing. We'll come through, do some consultations for you. Um, those are the, the, the baby steps that I learned um, with the degree and in, in getting in IT as well. You know, with the initial jobs with desktop support and in the early uh, early on phase, that that's all come back to help me here. Wow, great information. And, you know, let's speak ahead of the little bit. You said you're about four to six months out from the new location. So mm -hmm. um, for business, and this is a business owner question. So for business owners that already have a location, when I open a second location, because you're under the You Break I Fix banner, mm -hmm. who, who covers the building? Because is it the building already built or is it being built? So the building's already built. So with with the way our franchise operates, it's we go out and find the real estate. <laughs> the, the beautiful part about signing on with the franchise is um, a lot of the the back end work. Um, they'll they'll say, "Hey, you need to have this amount of square footage. You need to have these things in place, right?" So they've done a lot of the legal work. You're just pretty much paying for for all of that in the name brand. Um, you got to run the business now. They're not <laughs> they're not doing all that craziness, but um, you know, and we're financially liable for the business for the, uh, the building. So they're not in there negotiating the lease and they're not, you know, finding the brokers. That's on us. Um, we have to negotiate the terms of the lease. They have some stipulations in there that we must adhere to. Um, but finding it, getting the deal done, if you're if you're a uh, franchisee, that that's completely on. Talk a little bit about the uh, transport business. Mm -hmm. You know, because we talked about it earlier, but I didn't ask you, how did you get into that? Were you already owning a U-Break I fixed before you got into that or vice versa? But really the thing is, why did you invest in that? Like, what did you, where did you see growth in that business? It's bread out here in transport. Knowing how to get it is, is a whole different ball game. And I know, you know, there, there's several YouTube videos out here and that's the thing that stoked my fire again. Um, I started out initially in 2011, which is well before you break out fix. Um, it's actually before I even met my wife. You know, my uncle was uh, a truck driver. He'd been driving for years. Um, so at that time, I uh, had a little little, little stash or something. Um, and I said, hey, let's, let's give it a shot. So went out, bought a dually, uh, bought that trailer. Had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then in the meantime, in a good span of a month, I learned the whole business. You know, got on the load board, started making relationships with uh, dispatchers and went from there. It wasn't as easy as it is now. Now you can get mentorships, right? And you can uh, sign on to YouTube and look at videos and kind of piece together the game bit by bit. Um, you're still going to get out there and fall on your face and that's all you have. But it, it, it does make sense a lot more now. 
but yeah, so we American Excellence Transport, uh, we actually formed last year, uh, about this time last, no, a little bit later, about June, July last year, we formed. Uh, my partner and I went down to the A and uh, said, we're not leaving without a truck. At that time, in, in box trucks, prices are still ridiculous, right? So a year and a half ago, you could have got a box truck for 10, 15 grand. You know, we went down there, looked at probably nine trucks in a day, um, eight, nine trucks in a day, somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> couldn't find one until the very last one, which is the one we ended up bringing home, right? This bad boy wasn't running, wasn't running at all. So uh, it had 160,000 miles on it, um, somewhere in there. And we were like, she wanted 25 stacks for it. So 25 grand. This thing ain't running. I don't know, you know, what, what's going to happen if I buy it. So it needed a, a, a part to get it started. The part in labor cost 400 bucks. We said, all right, uh, look, I went and talked to us. I said, look, we'll give you 19 for this truck <laughs> if it starts up and runs. And sure enough, uh, got the part installed, started up and ran. We did business and the rest is history. Just got out there, hit the load boards. Um, started making relationships, uh, working on direct shipper contacts and actually have a local route currently um, that we're doing in the North Carolina area, um, which is cool. You know, it brings in consistent cash flow. You guys know what they're going to be doing day in and day out. Um, so that definitely works, right? But, uh, you know, just looking to expand that. Uh, we have a second truck in the works that uh, leasing on, you know, I'm sure People have heard of that. So we have our own authority on MC number and all that good jazz. And we're going to lease people on. So if you're interested in buying a box truck or an 18-wheeler, you got your CDLs, you know, come out at me. You definitely lease on to us. We have some favorable terms. Uh, we just want to make sure everybody's eating, everybody's good in the game. Like I said, it doesn't come overnight. Don't expect to make a million dollars overnight. But right now, it's a good time for it. And also looking to expand in some government contracting and, and keep people rolling. I see a lot of brothers out there that, you know, are CDL drivers. So, you know, you have a truck, you're ready to go. What advice would you give to brothers out there that have an interest? And in, I don't just want to be the driver. I want to own the truck as well. Like, you know, you told the amount you spent on the truck. But like we spoke about businesses, what type of money liquid money should they have available if they want to buy their own truck? Buying versus leasing is, is a hot topic right now in the game. Uh, leasing, you have to, if, if you don't have the, the capital and the credit, I'd say go ahead and lease and get your money built up, then you buy. Because the, the second that you buy a truck, let's say you buy a truck for, uh, let's say a box truck, you buy it, you find it for 25 grand, right? Uh, you're running that bad boy, for a good two, two, three months. Oh man, the engine went out. Now I got to cover that. And that's going to cost me 15 grand and all in. I don't have $15,000 to you know, just throw at it. You know, I don't have a credit card I could just put it on. So that's why I say, you know, to rent your truck until <laughs> you can uh, afford to, to buy that truck. But if you have the funds, um, you know, by all means, go ahead and buy a truck because it makes more sense to buy um, if you can, uh, sustain those repairs and, and set that money aside and always already have a, a good savings base, which I talked about earlier, right? Um, always save that bread because, you know, if, you, if you're walking around fresh, but you ain't got no bread, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
it, it takes it and you always have to have that nest egg. If, if I don't preach anything else, just have those savings and have that nest egg because it's going to bail you out. There's going to always come a time when you're going to need it. Let's say you don't even know if you want to open a business. You just want to, you know, have some emergency money set up for yourself. What would you say is a minimal amount to have on standby for emergencies? Minimum three months of, of your bills, expenses, and, and your lifestyle at, at bare minimum. I wouldn't go less than that. So let's say, you know, your, your rent's $1,000 a month. Um, your car payment is 300 You know, you're, you calculate what you spend on groceries. And my wife's getting on me now because we need to, you know, tighten up some things at, at home. But we're trying to get to the point where we're running everything like a business. So you have a P&L statement, a profit and loss for your household. Um, and if you're single, it's real easy, right? You can throw that in the spreadsheet. You don't have to get QuickBooks. You can just say, hey, what do I spend on everything or, or get mint or, or, or any of those apps that are out there. Calculate what you actually spent last month. Hey, I need three times that in the bank. We'll go from there. Hey, Andre, I got a one more quick question. Uh, wife and yes, I started up a uh, truck brokerage probably about three years ago. And you had mentioned credit, right? I know in order yes, to get a good deal on the security bond, that you, need, you had to have decent credit, right? Mm -hmm. For our younger uh, audience members listening, trying to get a business started for the first time, what is the minimal credit score you would tell them to shoot for so they can start to consider for getting financing and everything for business? Sure, 620. Okay. If, yeah, if you, don't, if you got a 620, you can, you can get whatever you want, but you're going to pay for it, right? Uh, if you want to get those good rates, 720 and up. Um, and there are ways around it. I mean, you, can, you can be down in the dumps, but you got to have some cash. So you choose how you want to play it. Play smartly is what I would advise. Just get the credit score up. You know, it, if you don't know how to get it up, uh, there are several people, I'm sure probably some in the audience that can, that can help with getting credit scores up in somewhat fast manner. All right, appreciate that one. Thanks. Yes, sir. Corey, there's one more thing I did forget to mention. Um, the, the serial entrepreneur side is I'm also a partner in the Black Dollar app. Um, you guys can check it out, theblackdollarapp.com. Working with, with a few partners and a developer as well. Um, we're getting the word out. We're actually going to go hard in New Orleans around Essence Fest time because uh, one of my partners is actually in New Orleans and from New Orleans. But long story short, we're trying to get all Black businesses in America and get a platform to where you can just click on our app. You can download it now. It's live in the Play Store as well as the Apple um, Store. We don't have the businesses on just yet, but the subscriber base, we're trying to grow it. So feel free to jump on and grab that app. We're just going to have it just like you know Google, but for Black businesses. So you say, shoot, man, I'm in the A. I need a cut. All right, cool. Here's the top five barbershops around me. Got some reviews. Where should I go? There's a spot to eat, you know, where can I get my taxes done? Not just the, the, the typical spots, but everything black, including franchises, because that's important to me. Um, so if it's a black owned branch of, you know, whatever your favorite restaurant is, go support them. The dollars are going into the black community. How did you build your business credit? Uh, it started with personal credit. So um, from my end, building business credit, yeah, it, it just started, you know, having good personal credit. Um, so you have to personally guarantee things initially, from my experience. And uh, once you've personally guaranteed, you're starting to build things with business credit. But to for some hacks on that, uh, if you have an LLC and, or, or, or a business established, just sign up for a Uline account under your business name. Um, if you sign up for a Uline account, they'll start to report. Um, also, you'll need to grab a Dun, Dun & Brad Street score, DMB, right? So just if you guys aren't familiar, Google Dun. Brad Street. You can sign up. It's free. They try to sell you a package. 
don't buy the package. It's free. Just sign up for that bad boy, uh, get your number. And then when you set up your Levi account, you can enter your Dunn's number. So now they're reporting to Dunn's. Hey, you know, um, you can set up two companies and have them trade, <laughs> you know, um, submitting invoices back and forth between each other. Uline, there's a few more um, that I can definitely send out post, post the interview um, that are, are free, basically. So if you need tape, right, if you need a scissor, some scissors, just buy one thing a month. It's going to help you tremendously to build that business credit. Speaking of business credit, did you use your business credit to buy the you break eye fix? Not at all. Not at all. All personally guaranteed. Um, we got an SBA loan, um, which is, again, why <laughs> the importance of having cash as well as credit. Um, because initially, I'll, I'll go over some real numbers. You, the initial loan, I believe, was about 140 grand. Um, we had to put down 20% of that cash for the SBA loan. So if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be here right now. With that, in addition to that, you have to um, have, have pretty decent credit. They'll work with you with the 620, um, but they really want to see you know 700 and above. To, to get that prime consideration. Your business has to be on the SBA list, which is a whole nother hurdle. So, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs to that, but, you know, if someone on the call is familiar with SBA, uh, definitely, you know, reference them um, in that, um, or, or feel free to YouTube and get a good trusted source on that information or Google. Um, but I, uh, I, I'd say that, you know, personal credit is everything because without it, you can't get started in the business credit world. Well, you can, but it, it's a much harder road. I was just going to say to add on to what he was saying about establishing some business credit, um, a trade line I just got put D with was um, the rental car companies. I had a friend of mine, they got it. They they opened up a trade line with um, Avis. And they got a little rate with them, a corporate rate with them for $11 a day. So it just was speaking of what you were talking about. Yes, sir. Love it, love it. And I'm noting it too, so I can build, you know, add to the add to the list. So, Lynn, how do you do that? Do you just contact the company, say, "I want to open a trade line with you guys. This is my business." From from my experience, pretty much. Um, okay. That's all, either either online or whatever the case may be. But I, I would stress um, to get that Dunn's number beforehand, and also have your your proper articles, um, you know, so really be filed as a business, um, not just a sole proprietorship. I mean, you can start out there, but at least get an LLC if, you, if you're not as corporate ready yet. Getting that does number really quick for anyone listening. It took less than two minutes for me to get. Yeah, it does happen pretty quick. And actually, the person that put me D with that rental car little trick, um, they owned a transportation company just like you. Uh-huh. And uh, they reached out. They reached out to them. And um, they, like most of these companies, they got little avenues with small business. I've, I've established one with um, Hilton and Starwood Properties, too. So there's just an idea, like there's some other things you might use in your life where you could leverage that same business relationship and maybe get some discounts or, uh, you know, some advantages um, all the same. For the young people listening, could y'all explain a little bit more? Okay, you got personal credit, business credit, right? For a young person to establish their business credit to get as high as possible, how is that going to benefit them in the long run? So for me, um, the formula that I've been told is for business credit, you'll get three times what you have as personal credit, right? Um, so what that means to me is that, hey, let's say I go out here in um, credit cards, to me, I'll say they're your friend, but you got to know how to use them, right? So let's say you go out here and get you $100,000 in credit cards. That don't mean go out here and spend $100,000 on your credit card. It means keep your utilization underneath, I'd like to say 
Um, some people say 30%. I like to keep mine under 10%. I'm straight up with you. But it, at the most, if you got $100,000, you want to spend uh, 20K, right? And this is just for, for easy numbers. Uh, and, and I don't want to talk over people's heads, right? So let's, let's, let's bring those numbers down to, to 10,000. So if you got $10,000 in credit cards, the most you want to spend is $2,000 on that credit line. And you're going to get three times that dealing with traditional you know, methods. Um, so that means you got 30,000 in business credit that you can utilize. And you can, uh, let's say you put things in your, in your business name, you personally guarantee it, but it's a little bit easier if things don't work out to, to let things go in your business name than it is on your personal name. You use that wisely, but um, definitely, you know, as much as you can responsibly do things through your business. Um, it's it's write-offs, it's deductions, uh, but be careful with deductions and write-offs because you want to show some kind of income if you're really making money. Uh, please don't go out here and write off, you know, if you made $50,000, don't go write off 49 because that means you made $1,000 and ain't nobody going to give you no money because you just made $1,000 last year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So definitely use that responsibly, but business credit is your friend. It's definitely your friend. No, I was just saying, I wanted to know, like he said, um, you know, when he was talking that he kind of jumped in with both feet and they put all their money in when they got that truck. I just kind of know what was going on with you and your partner where you were just like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and take this leap. Yeah, it was uh, it was literally a situation where, you know, we had been talking about it for probably about a good two weeks. Right. And, and like I said, being prepared, um, having having that bread set aside. So with the partner, you lessen your liability. You're not 100%, like, you know, you could be 50-50 or whatever the case may be. And you got to figure out, hey, uh, is this person going to bring, what are they going to bring to the table? What's your end game? What's your exit strategy? Yo, what you got? Uh, what you going to bring? You going to run the day-to-day operations? And I'll do the back-end finance. How's this going to work? You got to have those tough conversations. Like, yo, uh, what's, what's your home life looking like? What's your bills looking like? Can you afford this? If we have to pay for this out of our own money, you know, and, and the truck's not rolling for a month or two. How are we going to handle this? So we had those conversations. We talked about it and we decided to go ahead and move forward um, because it was like, all right, look, the money's out here, right? Um, things are opening back up. Uh, stuff stuck at the port. They don't have enough truck drivers. It's all over the view. It's, it's crazy. Let's go get it. And, and at the end of the day, you know, after making sure all the ducks rolled around on the back end um, and, you know, making sure that we had the runway or at least the ability to to, to get the money, you know what I'm saying? Like, from that point on, we were good. A lot of young people ask me, how do I set a business up, Mr. Scott? What do I do, right? So Andre mentioned it a couple of times. I think Corey and Lynn did too, but, you know, go to the State Corporation Commission, your state, get an LLC up. Understand the differences between setting an LLC up and a, you know, an S-Corp or whatever, or a partnership, all that good stuff. There's more uh, advantages for LLC, I believe. Uh, then from there, you want to go ahead and get a business checking account set up and an EIN number from the IRS, right? Mm-hmm. The EIN number doesn't take long to do with the IRS. Uh, when they send it to you, make sure you print it out or screenshot it because they don't send you an email and you could be wondering where is the EIN number. Get that. Then like Andre was saying, the DMV number, that doesn't take long to get that either. Uh, just so you can be official, official. A lot of people call themselves in business, but you go look them up on certain websites or try to build a State Corporation Commission to try to see if they even exist. You don't even see anything. So get official and make sure you're paying your taxes. You know, have the necessary documentation to show that you're official. Then it's just a marketing thing from there. Get your website, whatever. But 
great things that you mentioned, Andre, for some of the young people to really be aware of. How do you actually set a business up so you're efficient? No, um, I, you basically covered it all. Um, I'm all about running things the right way, doing things officially. Uh, to your point, it's, it's so many people that you can't find anything. Uh, in addition to that, I would say get a telephone number. Uh, there's so many virtual numbers that you forward right to your phone. Um, don't go out and spend tons of money. Uh, even if you, I'm not sure if Google Voice is still rationing out numbers, but that's that's what I did. Uh, I got probably three Google Voice numbers um, back in the day when they were free and they were giving them out. And I used those for business. There are also some low cost ones that you can do a quick search for virtual phone numbers. Uh, you can get 1-800 numbers or, or whatever the case may be as well. If you have a couple of dollars you're generating, do all the free stuff that in all the paperwork, right? So uh, keep your costs low. Um, don't don't jump out here and buy the most expensive everything if if you don't have to have that to maintain your business at the core. Uh, and get out here and grind. Research the heck out the industry first. Know what you're getting into. Know the ins and the outs. Um, another thing I forgot to mention was get yourself a power team, right? So network all you can. Uh, get yourself a good a good a good tax person if you you're starting to actually you know actualize and see some money. Uh, get yourself a good attorney um, if you're actualizing and, and seeing some money. You know, you don't want to be out here un unprotected. Uh, that's your, 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 your safe uh, <laughs> safety net, right? Your, your network is your network. I heard that being said before, and it's, it's so true. The older I get, I, I really see that being the case. So stay uh, educating yourself. Education is not just in school. You know, it's, it's what you're living and breathing and, and watching on YouTube and listening to, um, you know, if you're in the car, you're listening to the latest song or you're listening to something that's going to help you. You know, when you're on YouTube or you're watching TikTok videos that crack you up or you're watching, you know, and there's a place for all that, right? But, you know, keep, keep a balance. Um, definitely, you know, keep, keep educating yourself. Great information, Andre Lester. Thanks for pulling up the Black Men Sundays. This concludes today's show. I hope you enjoyed the Black Men Sundays experience, brother. Um, fellas, www.blackmensundays.com. If you haven't subscribed yet, scroll to the bottom, add your email, check your email and confirm. You get all the information on all our guest speakers in advance of the show. And if you want to contact um, Andre Lasseter or any other guest speaker, it'll have their email attached, but you have to be a subscriber to get this access. That's how we're doing the Black Men Sundays. The Black Men Sundays tea is available powered by PinfulPoiseCreations.com. Go to PinfulPoiseCreations.com, pick that up. We're doing uh, free shipping right now. And if you hit that discount code, Black Men Sundays, all caps, you know, you're good to go. So uh, with that said, like I tell all of our guest speakers, I appreciate you pulling up today. You could be anywhere in the world, but you spent your time with us today on Black Men Sunday. So I appreciate you and I hope you enjoyed yourself. Peace. Check it.